Guys, welcome back to the next podcast. This is going to be an interesting day. I am here with Jordan, who can barely already hold himself together. Jordan, how are you doing? I'm, I'm having a fantastic day. Today is going to be a very special podcast, because not only do we have the Shuttlesworth with more hair, but we have the Shuttlesworth with more experience as well. So welcome to the podcast, Ted Shuttlesworth Sr. It's great to have you. Hey, good to be here. So Ted's, Ted Shuttlesworth Sr. has been with us at Faith TV for the last two days and having some powerful, really, really powerful encounters now. It's been an, an absolutely amazing time so far with you, Ted. Um, and you've been obviously prophesying and obviously sharing some words of wisdom and words of knowledge. Um, and that's kind of what you've been doing for the last, uh, how long did you say it was? Well, I was seven when the Lord first spoke to me to do this work. I was just a child. And then I had uh, a vision when I was 14. And then when I was 21, exactly what I saw in the vision, I was on the island of Jamaica. And the vision, I saw myself preaching, and everybody was black. And that was when I was 14. So I thought God was calling me to be a missionary, maybe to a country where there were a lot of African Americans. Uh, as far as Philly, New York, we didn't think like that then because of, uh, you know, we're talking the early 60s. Mm-hmm. But we did think about the continent of Africa and, and the islands, the West Indian people. So I thought when I saw that vision, I saw myself preaching, and I saw all these beautiful black faces looking up as I was standing on the platform. I saw young men sitting up on a block wall to my right in the vision. I saw some that had slid up a palm tree and were hanging on and watching. And then seven years later, when I was in the Red Hills on uh, 52 Manning Hill Road in Kingston, Jamaica, on a parking lot, I was preaching, I stopped, and I thought, man, I've been here before. And then I looked to my right, and then there was the vision from when I was 14. The men on the block wall, the people's faces, the palm tree, everything that I saw when I was 14. (laughs) And do you know what a wonderful feeling it is to know that you've not missed the will of God even by an inch? I was perfectly standing where God wanted me to stand, that he had, uh, you know, shown me when I was 14. And so in the Bible, God always used young people. David was probably 16 or less when the Lord showed him how to kill lions and bears. And that's an amazing thought. Some of the kings of Israel were six years old when they took over, just young people. So for every one of you that are listening, the exciting thing is, God has a plan for your life, and he'll show you how to do that plan. You may not have a vision like I did, but you can walk it out by faith. And one of the keys, very simple, guys, is this. If something doesn't feel right, then it's probably not what God wants you to do, so just stop doing it. Now, when I was dating my wife, you know, we used to go out and hug and, you know, kiss. It was an enjoyable time. Then the day came, I said, would you marry me? And she said, I'll pray about it. I said, what are you talking about? You didn't pray about all that hugging and kissing. She said, no, that's the fun part. Amen. (laughs) So she felt a check when I asked her to marry me. Nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is you can still be normal and still hear from God and not be some kind of a 
you know, some people, they're so spiritual, heavenly-minded, they're no earthly good. They, they live in this ethereal world of who knows what. You know, yeah. the Ethernet starts between their ears. <laughs> but that's not, that's not God. God wants you. He made you. He made me. He made every one of you listening to have a good life, a great life, and to not be condemned because you're enjoying yourself. I think that's the religious spirit says, oh, feels too good. It can't be God. No, God said every good gift comes from me, James 1, 17. Amen. So it's a process. You just got to learn it. No, that makes that makes perfect sense. So then you said at about seven years old, you saw, um, you said Jesus for the first time, right? Were you saved before then? Or? I had just given my heart to the Lord when I was about six. And in a youth meeting, they invited all of us that want to receive the mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit to come to the altar. I went down. My brother Tim, he was six. He goes down. And suddenly the Spirit of God fell on that little country church. And 30, 40 of us young people were slain in the Spirit at the same time and began to speak with other tongues as God uh, baptized us in the Spirit. And it was after that, in fact, I was so drunk in the spirit, they had to carry me home up the hill to the church parsonage. <laughs> and then my mother told me later, you laid in that bed all night speaking in tongues, even though I was asleep. It just kept flowing out of my spirit. Wow. Not long after that, going towards the fall of that year, I, I turned seven in April. Uh, my birthday's April 29th which amazingly is the beginning of the history of the United States. When the colonists came to Jamestown, Virginia, hmm. it was on April 29th. So I'm a founding baby. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'll never forget, after uh, supper, I went up into the field, and they were letting the grass grow high for to bale it, make hay out of it. So I used to go up. And I'd make these little tunnels in the grass, press the grass down, just crawl and hide from my brothers. And I was laying there when all of a sudden, out of the sky came a UFO. <laughs> I didn't know what it was, but here it comes. And it came right out of the sky. And then I knew all of a sudden as it got closer, it was the Lord. And he said, I'm going to give you a gift. In this gift, you'll know what the people need. And that's one of the gifts of the Spirit found in 1 Corinthians 12, where the Bible says to one is given. And revelation gifts would be what he was talking about, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and uh, discerning of spirits. He said, I'm going to give you a gift. You'll know what the people have need of. And then when you pray... I, I, and I would have to say this, I was only about seven, so it just never left me. I mean, those words, which shows me it was not just a childlike dream or thought. It was impressed in me and in my spirit. Mm -hmm. And he said, then I'll heal them. I'll give them their miracle. And I, I knew I'd been watching Oral Roberts. I don't know, young folks wouldn't remember him maybe, but... He used to have this big tent, and he put 10,000 people under it. And God would give him great miracles, deaf people, blind, crippled. And he was on television on Channel 12 
where we lived, WBOY out of Clarksburg. And I'd watch that on Sunday. And when the Lord spoke to me in the field, he let me know. He said, someday I would do what Brother Roberts is doing. I didn't know Oral Roberts. None of my people knew him. Here's an interesting thing that happened years later. Years later, I met him for the first time down at ORU. And he just was very kind, didn't say much. And uh, another year went by, and my cell phone rings, and it's Oral Roberts. He said, I was praying for you today. Well, I didn't know he knew even who I would be. He said, and the Lord shows me you're in the healing ministry with me. Oh, he said, I know you work with Bob Shambach, but he said, the Lord showed me you're also in the healing ministry with me. Well, what was interesting, that was the television program I was watching the day Jesus came to me. It was Oral Roberts under the tent. And the Lord said, someday you're going to be doing what he's doing. For him, I never told him that vision. In fact, when I started in the ministry, when I was 21, for the first 20 years, God said, don't tell people that I came to you. In other words, I had to prove my ministry just by preaching and praying. Yeah. Hmm. So I went till I was in my 40s before I ever told people the Lord came to me. And uh, I don't know why he did. My son Teddy said, Dad, I never had him do that to me. So I'd kid him and say, yeah, he, he likes me better than he likes you, son. <laughs> but Teddy said to me something that I wanted to bring out here. He said, Dad, we've got to teach every young man and woman that they don't have to have a vision of the Lord to obey the Lord. We already have his word. Amen. So that's what we'd like to focus on today. How can I be used of God? Amen. Amen. It's been an interesting last couple of weeks. Like for me personally, I've been really uh, focusing in my prayer time and quiet time with the Lord is like, Really wanting to see his power manifest. <laughs> Bless you. Excuse me. Seeing I just his. Back uh, from China. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll take it. We'll pray for you later, I guess. <laughs> so I've been really praying to actually see God's manifest power present in my life and my day to day walk. Like I've seen it a lot more inside the church when we're in that atmosphere of worship with the congregation in the youth group and uh, laying of hands and heal watching the sick be healed. And I, I did healing prayer as well with my, my friend Zach from church who has been mentoring me a lot lately. And uh, I, I asked God, I, I want to see it in my day-to-day -day life. Like I want, I want to be able to go to work. I want to be able for the people that are around me to feel your presence. And I started walking out in faith and saying, you know what, Lord, I'm going to start when you speak to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for that person. Just, just tell me what to do, what to pray for. And that's beautiful because that's how the gifts begin to function anyhow through prayer. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, so I was in a gas station on the way to a meeting, and this one was not a word of knowledge, just an obvious. I saw a guy with a with a knee brace. So I'm like, you know what? That guy needs prayer. He's, he's got some pain in his knee probably. And I'm sitting there, and it's not like me normally to just go and talk to anyone normally in public. Like, it's just not usually my personality. I'm more to myself. And and I know I need to pray for this guy and I'm getting like hesitant. I'm getting scared a little bit to like, just what do I even start with? And I actually walk out of the score, the store. I walk out, I get in my car and I'm like, oh man, I should have prayed for him. I pull out of the parking lot and I hear God's voice say, turn around. And I'm like, oh 
great. This is now it's even worse. I should have done it right away. Right. So I pull up. I pull up next to his car because I watched him get into his vehicle. I roll my window down and I'm like, "Hey man, uh, do you have a pain in your knee?" And he's like, "Yeah, I just blew it out last Saturday." And I asked if I could pray for him, and he's like, "Sure, absolutely." I'm like super open to it. It was like he was waiting for it. And I prayed for him. First time I prayed for him, he got healed. And I just broke down into tears, like knowing that the Lord, even even when I failed to listen the first time, he still decided to use me for that man's healing and come to find out that he was actually born and raised in the church. He's been around, he's been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but came away from him. And the Lord spoke to me when I got in my car again, and I was just thanking him for what he did. pull him back. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what the Lord spoke to me. He said, I needed you to do that, to draw him back to me. Remind him. Yeah, exactly. You know, here's a thought. Uh, when it comes to being used of God, God won't bless you past your last act of disobedience. <laughs> he's not going to add more to you till you do the first thing he told you to do. And I learned that too. Like sometimes I think, you want me to do that right here? You know? And yeah. One time I felt to pray for a guy, talking about a knee. I said, the Lord shows me there's something wrong with your leg and your knee needs to be healed of the pain. And I was in a service, and he says, you could hear him over the mic. He said, I don't have a leg. They cut it off. Hmm. I thought, oh, my goodness. Either God's going to grow him a leg, or i got to figure out how to get out of this. But I, I actually said what God showed me. He said, but I'm having what they call phantom pains. Even though I don't have a leg there, severe pain goes right up through that limb that's left. So I rebuked it. And do you know, it went away, and he's, he never had it after that ever again. He used <laughs> to go to our home church. So you have to obey the instruction God gives you. God won't give you more until you deal with what he give, uh, gave you at that moment. Then he adds to it. And then, if you think about it, that word that he gives you, it's not just even for the person you're praying for. It strengthens your own personal faith to obey God. Absolutely. Abraham obeyed God, and God gave him a blessing. Hebrews put him in the hall of faith, Abraham. And uh, he was looking for a city that wasn't even existent at that time. Because Jesus said, later, I'm going to go away to build the city. But even before it was built, Abraham believed God. And then we read in Romans, God counted that to him as righteousness or we would say in modern day language right living very important if you want abuse of god to live right <laughs> then how would you say as a generation um especially you know a slightly younger generation than yourself um ones that are you know we're less experienced we have maybe less of the word in us and um this generation like obviously I'm, and i'm sure you found this out we aren't we aren't for fake this generation doesn't want to deal with fake. We're kind of, we're tired of being shown church the way it has been for 150 years. We're tired of being lied to or shown hypocrites and people want the real Jesus and they want the powerful Jesus and they want the loving Jesus, the one that, that pastors are afraid to demonstrate too often. How would you say that as a generation of young adults or even teenagers, we begin to hear the voice of God or we start because I've spoken with a lot of young adults who say, 
oh, that story like Eric shared or some of the stories that I've seen in the last week or two of people actually giving their lives to the Lord through words of knowledge or through, um, you know, just words of wisdom or prophecy or healing, um, which is God's love language. And it's God's desire to see people be reunited with him but they don't hear the voice of God yet. How could you, what would you say to a generation of those people who want to hear the voice of God? Well, first of all, I think that's a wonderful thing that whoever you are, whether it's you, Brother Jordan, gentlemen, you that are listening, to not want church as usual, to kind of break the mold and it used to crack me up when I was younger. We had this guy who was a deacon in my dad's church. You'd talk to him out in the parking lot. How you doing, Brother Ziegler? Hey, praise the Lord, everybody. I'm doing fine, glory. And he was a champion bowler. In fact, he holds the Guinness World Book of Records for the most perfect games bowled in a row, 300s, I think it was. <laughs> so he was athlete. But he'd get in church, and Dad would say, Brother, Z- Brother Bill, pray. And he'd go, our dear Heavenly Father. His voice would change. Same guy in the parking lot. Hey, everybody, how y'all doing? All you? But he'd get in the church. So people, I think, need to understand, no matter what you do, you're not going to impress God. God's seen it all. He made it all. He knows it all. But the man or the woman no matter what your age, that you come before the Lord sincere, talk to him and ask him and praise him and thank him for things. You know, I can get blessed just thanking God for for uh, meatloaf. One time my wife and I, we were traveling, but we didn't have any money. And my dad had a house in Virginia Beach, but he was a traveling evangelist. He said, son, you can stay here, but just... You know, keep the fireplace going. And you had these uh, kerosene heaters so the pipes don't break when it gets cold. And there was only a little food left. My wife found some broccoli and some Velveeta cheese and a little bit of hamburger. She said, well, this is all we got left. And I I had no money. I couldn't pay my car payment. I had no money for my insurance payment on the car. I I had literally zero. So she makes that meal. I wish she's here. She, she tells it so nice. And the thing about a meatloaf, it shrinks when you cook it. So it started out looking pretty big, but when she got it out of the oven, <laughs> there wasn't enough there for a snack. <laughs> but it was all we had, and she put it on the table. And I began to pray, like Jordan was talking about, just getting in the presence of God. And I began to thank God for that little piece of meatloaf. Thank him for the broccoli. And I'm not a big broccoli eater, but I eat it. Thanked him for the Velveeta cheese. And I'm thanking him. And <clears throat> this went on for like 15 minutes. She's looking up. I know what she's thinking. Food's getting cold. But I just kept thanking him. Well, in my spirit, I knew God was going to help my wife and I. And the phone rang while I was praying. And this is before call forwarding or caller ID before cell phones. This was an old-fashioned phone. It rang, and the Lord said, that's Joe, and he's got $1,000 for you. I told him to give you 1000 Hey, I used to get $25 a night preaching, and if I had 10 services a month, I'd have 250 bucks. That was it back in them days. 
Now, was that God that said, I, I'm going to get a 1,000? It's easy to prove. I picked up the phone. I said, hey, Joe, how you doing? How'd you know it was me? Again, we didn't have caller ID, nothing. I said, the Lord told me you're going to call. I said, look, I need that 1,000 right now. Ah, oh, he said, my wife called you and told you. See, sometimes even when God speaks to you, others that are close to you don't believe it. <laughs> That's why you got to make up your mind. You're going to do everything God tells you, whether people believe you, like you, uh, receive it. You got to almost, you almost got to become like Iron Man. You got to get in your suit and let everything close around you, and keep on going. And that's how it is in the gifts of the Spirit. It's, it's a lonely walk, really, guys. There's only room for you and Jesus. But it's a great walk. So oh, he said, I'll meet you at Rose's, which was a store. I said to Bonnie, put that meatloaf in the refrigerator. I'll be back with groceries. And she's sitting there, good wife. We had no children then. I went down to Rose's. He shows up. He was a blessed man. He had a Mark IV Cadillac. I said, you got that check? The bank's about to close. He gives it to me. How you doing? I said, I'll talk to you later. I jumped in my car and went down to the bank drive-thru. And I deposited the money and took out $200. I didn't even have credit cards in those days, cash only. So I just got in in time. Then I went over to the grocery store, and I got two shopping carts. And I started going through the aisles. One, I filled it up with steaks chickens, pork chops, ham, loaded the meat in. The other one, vegetables, fruit, bread, cake mix, anything I could grab, brownie mix. I'm going through the store, two big carts. I get up there, this was years ago, and I paid for those groceries. I had about 10 bags, took them out to my car. Then I went across the street, and I put the the uh, containers that held the kerosene because we didn't even have heat in the house. No money for the kerosene. Dad just said, you can stay, take care of it. And I uh, filled both of them up with kerosene. I come home, I said to my wife, I hope you put that meatloaf away because we're going to have steak, baked potatoes, salad. I got bread. She said, was that what he called you about? I said, he had money. Because I don't, for some reason, she didn't seem to hear me say the thousand dollar check she told me later. I didn't hear you say it, but I still got it. <laughs> <laughs> and we had all the food we needed the whole month I stayed at my dad's. I was able to pay my car payment, my insurance, kept the kerosene heaters going, refrigerator filled with food, and took that time. I didn't have any meetings that particular month. And I took that time to study and to pray. And God supernaturally provided. But it came out of prayer. And that's what, what you started by talking about. When you press in to pray, everything you need is in that anointing. Food, car payments, insurance, whatever you need, God's going to take care of you. But you got to pray it through. At the time, if we looked at what we didn't have, I may not have prayed in victory. But what I did, I, I, got, I got victory looking at that shrunken piece of meatloaf. I started praying, thank God, I know I'm going to eat tonight. 
I wasn't sure about Sister Bonnie, but I did the Bible. <laughs> and we knew, we knew. And that was in the early days of our lives and ministries together. And uh, God had given me a word when I was 18. I gave God the last dollar I had, and he told me. He said, you'll never want for anything the rest of your life. But man, that night when the last piece of meatloaf was in front of me, I'm sure I thought, <laughs> if that's so, how am I going to make it? But before I even asked, he answered. <laughs> and I had enough to pay my tithe, give another preacher I knew some money, buy all those groceries, and still had several hundred dollars left for the next month that paid my whole budget for February. So God, you know, prayer, you're in the church and you're shouting and praising God and people wanting to shut you up, praise him anyhow. If they don't like it, go out on the street and shout. But one thing's for certain, your prayer opens the door to the supernatural. The gifts of the Spirit are released through prayer. Isaiah, is not this the fast that I've chosen? to loose the bands of wickedness, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke, heal your health will spring forth speedily. So prayer releases the gifts. Then again, the Bible says in Acts 4, they threatened them not to preach or teach in the name of Jesus. So what did they do? They went and prayed for more of the same thing that got them in trouble. <laughs> Stretch forth your hand to heal in the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And then the place was shaken where they were gathered together. So the prayer that Jordan mentioned so, so well, it opens the door. Signs and wonders is what they prayed in Acts 4. Isaiah 58 speaks of miracles and healing. It all comes out of prayer coupled with or in, uh, together with fasting. Now, if you just fast to fast, even the Hindus do that. There's no, no benefit in just fasting. But if you fast and pray to the Lord, when Jesus did that, and he came out of the desert, the Bible says he returned in the power of the Spirit. So then we can see that all the supernatural gifts then are activated, even in young people's lives, then when praying and fasting is present. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. If you are listening and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, seek the giver and not necessarily the gifts. The gifts come from the giver. The Father gave us Jesus. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us the gifts. So the order was, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Jesus was a gift from God. Jesus said, tarry in Jerusalem till you receive power from on high. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then Paul said, concerning these gifts of the Holy Spirit, that they operate severally. He said, now concerning these spiritual gifts, bros and sisters, <laughs> uh, talking about sisters now, not, not Carl across the street, uh, I wouldn't have you to be ignorant about it. So God doesn't put a premium on stupidity. He told, Paul told Timothy later, study to show yourself approved unto God. Eat that word. This Bible, I've had it for many years, and the cover wore off, but I've seen about 300,000 people saved preaching out of this Bible. Hmm. So my friend Eric went and put a brand new cover on it for me. This is a new cover, and I use it. And uh, it's older, 
But I want to keep this till I can say a million souls came forward in the meetings and through preaching. Amen. So the word is powerful. And study that word. When you get the word in you, the devil can't lie to you. Because yeah. that's how he got disease, sickness, and death in the world. He told Eve a lie. And just like faith comes by hearing, so does fear and destruction. She heard those words of the serpent. Uh, has God really said that? Oh, you got me something to think about, Mr. Serpent. Of course God said it, you stupid snake. What are you, dumb? No, he was working to deceive. He wanted even Adam, God's creation, destroyed. Because see, Isaiah, Satan wanted to be like God. God never would let him. But he said, let's make man in our image and likeness. So the battle was on. The battle was on. It's still on today. Every day you wake up, you remind the devil what he can never be. And that is like or in the image of God. And yet, by praying, again, as you men have said, and uh, fasting, and being filled with the Holy Ghost, it gives us, it's the doorway. There's a good way to say it. It's the doorway to the supernatural. So every month you hold Healing Crusades, is that right? You have one coming up? I do. My next one is in Beaufort, South Carolina. Yeah, we'd love to hear some uh, testimonies from some of the crusades that you've had. Like some of your, like, what are some of your favorite ways that you've ever seen God move in your life? Well, you know, so much. It's, a lot of times I have my wife tell the testimonies. <laughs> I'm actually engaged in working it. <laughs> yeah. But she gets to watch it, yeah. and it impresses her. So many things God's done over the years. The first miracle that took place was in Norwood, Massachusetts. They used to have an Italian church. They called it the CCNA, Christian Churches of North America. In fact, right here in Naples, Anthony Spiro had one, and I knew Anthony for years. He had a church right here in Naples years ago. He's in heaven now, but anyhow, um, I went as a Bible school student, and we were helping the pastor, and my job that Sunday was to preach. When all of a sudden, an older woman in the back of the church got up, screamed, fell over the front of the seat, and her husband grabbed her and was trying to put these pills under her tongue. I found out later they're like heart pills, glycerin or something, I think they call them. I used to call them nitroglycerin, but a different, different thing. Put these pills under her tongue. And... I turned the mic back to Brother Frenny, the pastor. I said, he said, no, it's your service. You take care of it. And the first thought I had was, what if you go back there and pray for her and nothing happens? Hmm. Just as clear. And then I had a second thought. Tell the devil what's he going to do when you go back and pray for her and something happens. And that was the first time that I was able to know the difference between the voice of God and the voice of the enemy was in Norwood, Massachusetts, 1975. Well, I went back and prayed for her. Her eyes came back. She had rolled her eyes in the back of her head. She was dying. They came and took her in an ambulance. I went back to the Bible school. I thought, man, I messed up today. 
you know, oh, man, why did it have to happen in my service? And the president of the Bible college called the dormitory for me to come see him. I thought, oh, now I'm in trouble. <laughs> so I go over. And never forget, God's not the author of confusion. For whatever reason, the devil must have sensed the anointing on me as a young man from when Jesus visited me. Must have. Because all of a sudden, as soon as I took the mic, the whole place went nuts. I mean, all kinds of things were happening. Well, <laughs> now it's afterwards, I go into the president's office. He used to have a funny voice. He'd talk like this. He'd say, huh, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing fine. Beautiful. <laughs> Just a different way of speaking. Sounds like Jordan. Hey. <laughs> ah, Jordan. God bless you. Uh, pull his mic. But anyhow, uh, I'll never forget no. this. He said, you had a wonderful meeting, I hear. I said, I did. Well, he said, Brother Frenny Call wants you to come back next Sunday. <laughs> and I go back the next Sunday. And I go to go up the stairs into the church. And this older Italian man, I didn't remember it was the husband, but he grabs me and starts kissing me on my cheek. I don't like anybody kissing me. Yeah, that made me <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> but the Italians, they kiss you on your cheeks. You know, my fratelli, you know. So I don't understand what he's saying. So Brother Freddy said, he's saying thank you. When they took his wife to the hospital, Mass General in Boston, and they examined her, the heart that she had was not the same heart that she used to have on the wow. x-rays. The part that had been damaged from heart attacks and so forth, gone. Different x-ray. What God did, then she came out and hugged me. God that was the first miracle I ever remember when I was a Bible school student. God gave her a brand new heart, and you could prove it by x-rays. Hmm. And when I got out of Bible school, Brother Frenny said, you're going to come preach for me for a month. And I went and preached for the Italians there in Boston, Norwood. And that's how we started. But that was one of the first uh, miracles that I remember. All right, Eric, is there anything you want to say before we wrap up? Yeah, before we wrap up, just make sure if you guys are, if this is your first episode, make sure you go back to the beginning, episode one, start listening through. We've had so many incredible people here on the podcast. And even our Friday night, if you're in South Africa, or Friday at noon, if you're here in the States and Eastern Standard Time, we have the Friday live for the next is also on our podcast now. So those will be streaming here. Tune in at Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. It's at the next NXT dot TV. And, and you know what I like? I, you can't see this, you that are listening, but they have a beautiful hoodie with the logo <laughs> of Next on it. We actually we have one for you as well. But Do you? Yes. I'll, I'll give it to you when you don't have headphones on. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but uh, can the people get them? Because I saw them. I like them. They're mm -hmm. nice. Yep. Yeah. So those will be available on the website pretty soon. I think yeah, probably right. They'll be the up. Week. On, yeah, they'll be up on the website soon. But for now, if you do want one and you cannot wait for it to come across the website, you can message us on Instagram or Facebook, and we'll get one over to you. Yep, that'll be it. I think that's great. Um, I'm gonna get me a hoodie. <laughs> we'll get it says you next up. on. We'll, it. we'll have to. Yeah. We're gonna get a photo with you in but it. But the sure. only thing is, folks, they can't spell. They left the e out. Oh my <laughs> god! It just says NXT. But I understood what it was. That was funny. <laughs> Ted, is there Sounds anything familiar. you would like to say before we leave? Well, I think um, I believe the Lord is going to grow this podcast. And 
all of you that are listeners, become faithful listeners. Every time that you get a notification, make sure you listen to it. They're making sure they're bringing you the best that they can bring you information that when you pray and you see God's going to use you. And I believe that this will become very big. I feel that in my spirit to tell you today. It's going to grow. And then get you a camera and just film everybody talking into a mic and make it a vlog. Put it as a video. Yeah. Amen. And, Amen. Uh, but let it grow. Let it, let it get in you folks that are listening. And another thing, if they have prayer requests, uh, can they also send them that way? Yeah, yep. absolutely. Same way on the Instagram page or Facebook page. We or respond. email. Or email. Yes, you can send yep. it. It's info at thenext.tv. Well, let, me, let me tell you what <laughs> no, yeah. I feel in my spirit. We're going to create a partnership called The Next Generation, NXT, Next Generation. Gideon said, where are the miracles of our fathers? He was a young man hmm. wondering where the power of God was. And God helped him to raise up 300 young folks to do battle against 250,000. And they supernaturally overcame a great obstacle. I'm going to commission you. Raise up a Gideon's 300 through next, next generation. Raise it up. And some of you listening, you need to become a member, a part of this Gideon's crowd they're going to put together. Jordan and these gentlemen are anointed, and you need to be a part of it. We need you to be a part of what God's doing. And uh, for everyone that will do that, you'll see a marked difference in your life uh, because one chases a thousand, but two can chase 10,000. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming. It's been an absolute honor, and uh, we believe we're going to see that come to pass. Um, we've actually been working on that, and so that yeah. will be dropping. Um, I've, got the, I've got it set up on the website to hit publish, and so we're going to get that sorted. I didn't tell you about that before we started, which is, <laughs> which is really awesome. Um, and the key scripture verse that came to my heart about that was First Peter uh, 2.9. For you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and his own special people that you may then proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. For we are a marked generation. And so um, we're going we're gonna to call this an episode, guys. Stay tuned to the next ones. I'm going to pray with us before we leave. And uh, we're going to believe for signs, wonders, and miracles for this generation. Amen. So, Father, we thank you right now, Lord, that this is a marked generation. This next generation, Lord, will, like Gideon said, see the miracles of our fathers. Lord, we do not settle for nothing, Lord. And just as seventeen, um, as Matthew 17, 22 says, Lord, when the demon-possessed boy could not have the demon cast out, Lord, they turned around and asked Jesus, what is wrong with us? They turned around. They did not settle for nothing. They did not settle for no response. And just like that, Lord, we pray that this generation would rise up, a generation who will not settle. Lord, we pray that there's a generation that would come forth. And just as your word says, Lord, that you you rise up a standard to meet the flood of an enemy, Lord, that you rise up a standard. And if there be one that is found faithful in your sight, Lord, let it be us. So God, I thank you for every person listening, Lord, that they would not only hear the character of your word, Lord, they would hear your word, let it sink into their hearts, Lord, and let it become demonstrated in their lives, Lord. So I thank you that not only will they hear the voice of God, Lord, let it affect them, let it become demonstrated in their lives, and we pray that signs, wonders, and miracles 
miracles will follow them for the rest of their lives. In Jesus' name, let that be our story and let this next generation rise up and take its rightful place. In Jesus' name, amen.